0: If this phrase is used today, it's usually as a playful archaism. Uh, A teasing father may introduce his son, saying, uh, that's my boy, the fruit of my loins, uh, at which point the son will be mortified. Um, But actually, it's a great compliment. There's only one person in the Bible who is specifically referred to as the fruit of anyone's loins, and it's Jesus. let's get the context for this phrase, the fruit of my loins, and uh, it's the day of Pentecost. Uh, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, it's 10 days since Jesus had ascended into heaven, and on this Sunday, the Holy Spirit comes uh, particularly in power to clothe the church for its witness to the world. At the time, the whole nation of Israel was gathered together to celebrate the ancient festival of Pentecost. It's seven weeks after the Passover weekend. Uh, at that point, they celebrated Passover and first fruits together on the same weekend. First fruits uh, was when the green shoots of the coming harvest were presented to God. And now at Pentecost, it's harvest time. So everyone would be thinking about fruit. And Peter is about to tell the crowds Jesus, the first fruits from the dead, has guaranteed a bumper harvest of new life. And Peter will tell people, come and be gathered into this great global harvest. That's the meaning of Pentecost. But as the day of Pentecost begins in Acts chapter 2, it does not look very impressive. There are just 120 disciples waiting. They're waiting because Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to clothe them in power. And then it happens, like fire falling. The Spirit fills them in a special way, and they all start speaking to the international gathering, such that each listener hears them in their native language. It's a wonderful miracle for Pentecost. You see, it's the breaking down of cultural barriers so that all sorts of new grain might be gathered in. Peter steps forward, and uh, he in Acts 2 explains this sign of new life that has come into the world. Uh, First, he does it by quoting from the prophet Joel, and he explains how the ancient prophet predicted this breakdown of all the old barriers. The end times are now upon us, says Peter, just as the scriptures foresaw. And then from verse 22, Peter narrates the events of Christ's life as the fulfillment of another prophet, King David. According to verse 30, uh, verse 30 of Acts 2, David was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants or the fruit of his loins, one of his descendants, the fruit of his loins on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. So This is so important to understand about the Psalms. Okay, The Psalms are not ultimately chronicling David's own experiences of suffering and glory. King David knowingly put words to the experiences of the Messiah, who would be the fruit of his loins. David looked forward to his seed, his offspring, who would be planted into the ground, who would be uh, then raised up again by God and become a fruitful vine for all. People commonly talk of uh, living on in their offspring. And David was someone who could really trust in that. That's because Christ, his offspring, his seed, was the first fruits of a bumper crop of resurrection. He really can live on in his progeny. But here is the true meaning of Pentecost. At Passover, the seed, the seed of David died. On the third day, he rose again, the first fruits of all those who have died. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, the first fruits. And then, on the basis of this first fruits, the world can now be grafted in to find new life, where before there was only death and barrenness. The fruit of David's loins was not only fruitful for himself, he has enough life bursting out of him for a cosmic harvest.